You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Same corner, same time. We back at it, man. We are. Podcast, the flagship. Huh. How you we feeling, are. Man? We are. You'll notice my decor, if you're watching on YouTube, is a little bit different out here in Denver, Colorado. What a place. Having a great time. You're having a great time? I can having a great time. I can yeah, see yeah, the yeah. vibes. I'm not going to ask too many questions. Yeah, yeah. No, no I see, uh, I see you having a good time, my dear. I can, I can feel the ambiance from here. The ambiance is Treat here. yourself. I'm treating myself. <laughs> Treat I'm, I'm dialed in, Silk. Um, I, I flew out here Saturday, and I flew next to quite possibly the worst passenger inadvertently possible. Uh, so fly Southwest, where everybody flies first class. Um, have my exit row seat. <laughs> Wait. Right. Yeah, everybody everybody's in first class. class. Okay. So, so I'm sitting in an exit row. I already don't like that, that airline. They they said that the flight was nearly full, but not completely full. Right. So exit row, me, empty seat, very nice older lady at the window. The very last person on the plane, mind you, he walked by like seven empty seats, and there's a whole cornucopia of seats behind me where he could sit. He chooses to sit right in front of me. He drags his bag over my lap. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. It's fine, whatever. He's like (laughs) fussling with the straps of his bag for like four minutes. And he's he's like man spreading the whole time. Mm. So he's like pushed his leg up against mine. I'm like resituating myself. We're still at the gate here, right? And then he proceeds to like push his bag under and then not move his legs the entire time and plop both arms on the armrest. And buddy, if I don't tell you that this guy put in AirPods and just looked straight forward for the next three and a half hours, I don't. I don't think this story is going the way you think it is. This this guy. This is like this is like dogs in the wild. This is dogs in the wild. Not only were you the beta dog in this pack, I think he peed on you. <laughs> Whoa! Wow. He, he wow. marked his territory. Wow! This guy. This guy marked his territory. <laughs> he peed all over that row and That's just let crazy. you know, hey, by the way, this is my row. You're welcome to sit here. But yeah. this is how things are going. Mm. Everybody's first class. I really thought about that. Yeah, that's that's a tough scene for you, Dan. It was a tough scene. That's a tough scene. Um, the uh, looking at the uh, the comments here. Please make sure that you like and subscribe here on YouTube. It's free. Uh, the Alpha said that Dan had a shareholder conference call. Nope, still haven't had it. We're still oh, waiting. No. On amended Q2 and Q3 results, still waiting on year-end reports. Uh, We're almost halfway into Q2 of the following (laughs) year, uh, so still waiting on that. See, uh, he's still trolling on the internet. um, So, this segment not sponsored by Life Wallet. No, no, it sure isn't. But uh, vibes are vibes are great out here in Denver. Um, How many buttons uh, you got on button right there, bro? uh, Four. (laughs) Listen, buddy. Hey, he's on vacation. This is a yeah, one Miami button. Or Denver. This like, is a one on? button vacation. Yeah, I see. You really feeling the vibes? How was how was your weekend, Nick? It's good. Good. Uh, had baseball, but that was away. So did a little dog park. Came to a realization um, mm. this weekend. Um, 
as I get closer to my jersey uh, ceremony, my uh, put my 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 single jersey up in the rafters, Hall of Fame career. Uh, Where? Pat, pat, pat on my back. Well, as I get married, obviously. Oh, anymore. Gotcha. So my single jersey. Baseball. Gotcha. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, retiring the retiring the jersey. Um, have like three or four friends that um, are with child right now, um, and uh, just realize like super washed coming soon. Um, my fiance is in her who's not going to tell her age, but I'm 34. So like, I feel like the kid clock is ticking. Yeah. Clock's ticking. And, man. And just realized yeah, that. So like super washed real soon. Yeah. If not already, you're almost there. You're almost get, there. Time to get rid of the condoms, Nick. Yep. Ah, Hey mom. Hey dad. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the pod. This is, this is a family <laughs> shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you consummate your marriage yeah. for the first time, Yes, of it's course. Time to start practicing and yes. get to go. And the world needs more little Delatories walking around. Oh, that's, uh, that's a fact. I don't know if yeah, we yeah. do, but we'll, but we'll try. Got to uh, add some balance to the world. You know, more pessimistic people, you know. New Leaf Nick. Yeah, I like it. New Leaf Nick. So, how was your weekend? Uh, just same old, same old, man. Nothing nothing new. Uh, it was Sunfest, so I contemplated hitting, hitting Sunfest, but... Uh, couldn't couldn't find myself to do it, so I hung out with the son. We went to track Saturday morning, uh, and then we uh had I had a barbecue for him and his friends at the park. So uh, a lot of the guys can hang out with, go to school with. School year's winding down, so I just cook for them. You know, shit, shit, my pops used to do for me, man. So yeah, I just yeah. figured I'd get into my wash bag like Nick is talking and just grill for those guys for absolutely no reason. So that was my weekend in a nutshell. I can't wait to hear stories about Nick at the baseball park in about 12 years with little Delatory talking about Capri yeah. Suns and orange slices and making rolling up some hamburgers. So my my dad, my dad, bless him, uh, never played baseball, was a uh, football guy, mm. um, just learned baseball, was my baseball, coached me in all my sports all the way up to high school. Um, I can't even play like co-ed softball. I'm too competitive. I can't imagine – being having the patience to coach like five-year-old t-ball I, I think the parents would like get me up out of there it would mm, be like uh, see it. yeah I, I just don't think i have the patience for for other ch- for other people's children uh at, at baseball t-ball soccer i think you uh the most thing you're gonna need patience for is actually the the uh, daddy ball I think mm. like you're gonna be okay. You'll be fine. The kids gonna be fine. The daddy ball is the toughest thing to deal with when you're dealing with uh, pop Warner low league sports. Mm. My dad, my dad, uh, bucked that. Um, I he was the hardest on me because there was so much of that. Right. And I'd look at him and be like, "Hey, man, why don't you chill? Why don't you chill out? Why, why don't you go yell at him? Why don't you go mm. yell at the right fielder who let three balls go between his legs?" <laughs> I'm 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 killing it at shortstop. I'm doing I'm doing well over here. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to my dad. He was a uh, college baseball player, and I played hockey as we, as we all know. Uh, he coached one season yeah, of, the tree. of Bro, hockey, and kicked that I, when it fell from the tree. <laughs> I appreciate my dad so much for doing that because it's a pretty foreign sport, especially coming down to South Florida. My dad never played. It's obviously very different. Um, so shout out to him, but he was more involved in my brother's uh, baseball career and, and coaching him. And um, I never really had to deal with that, but I did have to deal with some teams where the kid uh, either got preferential treatment or 
the dad was an absolute dickhead to their kid. So, you know, there's really no in between, you know, there's no fair, right? Um, well, let's get on to the show, boys. Do want to highlight a few comments uh, here. Uh, Michael Maples, appreciate your support all the time. He said, y'all like share, etc. It's the only thing that costs less than a wife wallet share. Love that. <laughs> Those are facts. That's facts of life, bro. And uh, four buttons down and a plant in his face. Yeah, staying at an Airbnb here in the low high area. Didn't get to choose the decor. There's a couple trap doors uh, that have my buddy Paul and his wife, who I'm uh, hanging out with here, a little bit concerned. So if you don't hear from me, you know what happened. A little barbarian situation. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so here we are. Uh, boys, want to give a quick shout out to our friend Alan Horn with State Farm Insurance. If you're in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Alabama, give Alan a call or visit his website, alanhorninsurance.com, 706-692-2888. Any insurance that you might want, auto, life, RV, renters, life, business insurance, whatever it might be, give him a call again, 706-692-2888 or allenhorninsurance.com. Uh, before we get into the show, obviously there's some transfer and some recruiting conversation that we're going to have. We're also going to welcome uh, Nick's colleague, Keith Niebuhr, to the show uh, from On3. But I uh, want to talk a, a little bit about the Sarasota Gator Club meeting uh, that I went to and Billy Napier mm. spoke at last Wednesday. Uh, first off, appreciate uh, Rick and the PR team over there that helped me get media access. Great to see Keith was there. Jacob was there. Um, a number of other folks uh, were there. So it was great to see uh, the contingent. Uh, Matt Baker was there. Uh, the contingent of Gator sports writers that were there. And um, shout out to, to Billy Napier, who spent I don't know, about 15, 18 minutes with us uh, before big, he big went J on stage. Big J journalism, Dan. Big J journalism. I uh, have the video and everything wanted to share. Uh, was told that we can't do that. So uh, <laughs> it now lives on my phone. Uh, but, uh, a lot of very interesting things came out of there and in, including probably some, um, I guess looking back an opportunity for, for improvement. Um, but I think Billy Napier also shed some, some light on the transfer portal and, and about recruiting and about what that process looks like. And I know there's some quotes that hit the timeline, uh, that were, I wouldn't say hundred percent taken out of taken out of context, but probably could have used some context uh, or the way that the quote was written probably was not exactly the, the manner in which it was said. Uh, I know that there was a tweet that went around, went uh, somewhat viral amongst Gator Nation uh, about Billy Napier talking about admissions. Uh, and uh, they said that it could take Florida up to four weeks uh, to get a player through admissions. And that's, that's not what he said. Uh, what Billy Napier did say uh, is that they can scout a guy for, four weeks and then ultimately get to the point where they want to potentially bring that person on and then run into a, a snafu with admissions. So it's not Scott Strickland. It's not admissions. It's not a bunch of people working against the Florida football program to make sure that these transfers don't work. And he, he said that if you are a four fifth year guy and you're not a graduate transfer, that it is probably going to be tough to get into the University of Florida. There might be some academic issues. There might be some major issue. There, there might be some other issue that, that they're dealing with that just doesn't make everybody a, a target for the University of Florida. So did want to bring some contextualization into, uh, into that. And if you guys have any thoughts or anything else that came out of that meeting, we can certainly talk about it. And Keith uh, was there. We can talk a little bit more about it with him as well. Yeah, it... Um... 
I think uh, obviously Billy Napier cannot speak um, about other teams' players, um, but I think this was, in my opinion, uh, talking about Grayson McCall. Uh, Florida wanted a quarterback. Um, I think they would have liked Michael Pratt from Tulane, never went in the transfer portal. Tulane had a historic season for them. Um, Grayson McCall did go to the transfer portal, took a visit to Auburn, I believe. Um, wasn't going to be able to get into Auburn. Uh, once that became clear, I was like, well, he didn't get into Florida. He didn't get into Auburn. You're not getting into Florida. Um, things change once you have college credits. Um, Zach Albaverde was talking to RJ Moten at the airport last week after his visit, and he's losing credits from Michigan, which is a mm. great university, losing right. credits uh, towards his degree and, and is going to be coming to Florida anyway. So it's not that Florida's too hard to get into, which it is very hard to get into. Um, and it's not that admissions was just like throwing around paperwork and, and putting it off. Um, the process that Billy Napier, one that I've disagreed with in this small two, two week window, because I think it's speed dating um, the process that Billy Napier and his staff take. I don't think is built for that two week period, but they're not coming off of it. They're going to scout, evaluate, and 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 do their their process with players, and that is what he I think he was talking about when he said we scouted and evaluated and recruited somebody for four weeks and then found out that he wasn't going to be able to get into school. I don't think you 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 do the transcript first and then start the evaluations. Mm-hmm. I think I, I, I think it just didn't work out. We, and we do have Keith waiting in the waiting room, so we'll bring him on in a second. There was another uh, thing, and we've talked about it on this show, about Florida not having visits until after that spring uh, period closed. And, you know, obviously there was the transfer from San Diego State that, you know, visited Oklahoma, ultimately commits to Ohio State before he makes it on campus to UF. Uh, and, and Billy Napier did say, right, and you have to take men as word, uh, that Florida would bring transfers on and uh, bring them in early before that transfer portal window closed, and they admitted they just didn't get it done, right, whether it was out-recruited or whatever it might have been. But he did say that Florida would bring players in before that transfer portal period closed. They just missed on on this one. Yeah, he's going to say certain things in public, but it's going to depend on positions in my opinion, right, Uh, because – if you bring the wrong guy on campus, you're trying to host a guy, uh, a, a guy that's mature in age, an older guy, and you also have guys on your roster that you got to keep. So he he said that, but you still got to be so much strategic with what you bring mm-hmm. on campus if you're trying to manage your roster and keep guys from entering and exiting um, your depth chart. Yeah, and then the which final was, which thing. Which was a thing, too, I'm sorry, which was right. a thing at safety. Uh, there was a lot of smoke about Kamari Wilson maybe entering the portal. A lot of message board, Twitter talk about that. Uh, and you see the first person we had on campus once the portal was closed is a safety. Yeah. Well, let's bring Keith on. Uh, before we do that, let's give our shout-out to our friends over at Home Field Apparel. Go visit them, homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stade Miguel. My buddy Paul, who I'm out here with, uh, used that promo code, and he's rocking a Home Field Apparel Gator shirt around Denver right now so again go visit homefieldapparel.com use promo code stadium and gale at checkout if you've already used it once create a second email address and use it again uh, again homefieldapparel.com promo code stadium and gale will get you 15 percent off of your order and with that we welcome keith Niebuhr of on three who's on the road right now so keith it's great to have you brother yeah thanks for having me i, I know two of you i don't know the third one and it's uh it's <laughs> his still- name's dan 
no, no. I mean, I know who you are. Obviously, I know who you are, but we've never we've never talked, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's good to finally it's good to finally sort of meet you here. So appreciate you all having me on, and hopefully I'll get to meet you you soon. Um, yeah, I'm on the road. I mean, I'm not going to exactly tell you where I'm at <laughs> because I don't want to give too much away. But yeah, definitely going to be on the road a lot this. Well, I don't know if it's smart or not. It's but it's uh, I don't know. But uh, you know, it's fun getting on the road um, because. I feel like Rodney Dangerfield on the Carson show. He never had to, he never had to set him up. He just came on and just started talking. But um, this is what reporting is getting face to face with people during the pandemic. I got real lazy and started doing so much stuff by the phone and you just so much stuff gets lost when you're just doing DM text phone calls. So this is what the essence of recruiting reporting is getting on the road getting out there face-to-face with kids, their coaches, sometimes their mom and dad, Uncle Fred, whatever. Um, and so that's what I'm doing this week uh, as well as last week, and I'll do it again next week. Keith, let's start with um, – let's start way back, back in uh, – yeah. I think uh, you were, what, UF class of 1947? Um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, but, but just I tell people – I look younger than you, okay? Well, but, Keith, yeah. I said, like, you know what? This, it's not the time to take shots. This is my show, Keith, and, and now you're <laughs> – now you're taking shots at me. Um, just tell people a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and and uh, and and your background with uh, with at Florida and, and then recruiting. Yeah, I'll just say, you know, going back to the '40s, my granddad was stationed at Camp Blanding. No, I'm gonna say it, Camp Blanding up in Stark before he went off to fight in World War II, and he ended up living in Gainesville years later. He's from Vermont. My dad was from Miami, went to UF for a year, had to transfer to Miami because of financial uh, situation with his family. It was actually cheaper for him to go to Miami. But even though he graduated from Miami, we moved to Gainesville in the late 70s and all his money, when we weren't like big shot boosters, but he supported UF. Something has always gotten people in my family back to this area. I We moved to Orlando, then we moved back to Gainesville. I went to college at UF. I moved away for, for jobs. Then I came back. I left, came back again, left. Now I'm back in Florida covering the Gators again. There's just something about Gainesville and something about the University of Florida that kind of pulls you back. Um, and I knew all along this is where I wanted to kind of, you know, finish out my career. Uh, I spent the last 10 years covering Auburn recruiting, which is a blast. And I tell all the Florida fans, I say, look, you guys are tame. Believe me. It's not as wild here as you think. Covering Auburn and Alabama, that, that's wild. Well, uh, sit tight, Keith. Well, I, I, that's what everybody tells me, but I just can't imagine. I mean, Florida, okay. never, had, Florida never had Jetgate for starters, okay? Uh, but, no, I mean, I've, I've always followed Florida from afar. I follow what you guys did. I follow what Nick did. And so – um, you know, there's always that curiosity and, uh, I knew someday I'd want to come back if the opportunity presented itself and it, it's fun covering Florida I and mean, there's challenges obviously. And, but the, you, you have that with every school. And the main thing is most of my friends and family have ties to the university of Florida. I'd like to see Florida do well for them. I want them to be happy. You know, I don't need my sister bitching when I'm over there at dinner about the mm-hmm. baseball team, you know what I mean? But it's, uh, it's uh, it's. I mean, honestly, it was an honor and a privilege to cover Auburn. It really was. They treated me like family. I've never been treated that well somewhere before. But there's something about covering the place uh, uh, that you went and and the fans that you know have ties to that school and and everywhere you go around the state. You know, even when I wasn't in this state, whenever somebody would find out I went to UF, they'd always ask me about UF. Every it's just one of those schools that wherever you're at. 
there's a curiosity. I, I tell you what, I, I go to California a couple times a year just for little stupid golf junkets. And people, there's just a fascination with Florida. There, I think it dates back to Spurrier, quite frankly. But And, and so I always had it, even though I went there and, and, and left. But uh, I think we've been doing this like three, four weeks now, and it's been fun. And, you know, I work with some great dudes, and the fans have been awesome. And I'm just kind of curious to see where the – I mean, obviously football is the driving machine uh, or drives the machine, excuse me. I'm just kind of curious to see where it all goes, you know, where, where, they, where they go. Absolutely. Keith, we had the opportunity to hang out in uh, Sarasota for a little bit last week. Um, talked to Billy Napier in, in media sessions. And, and what, did, what did you think? Obviously, you know, you're, you're still getting your, uh, your yeah. feet wet with, with covering uh, Coach Napier. You, you coached a lot of different coaches over there at Auburn. What did, what's your first impression uh, from a reporting perspective? And then uh, what was your thoughts of uh, the 15 minutes we had with him? Yeah, uh, it was actually like 19 minutes. And honestly, I, I really like Billy. I'd met him previously before I started doing this, but covering Florida. He's a super, super nice guy, but he has some long answers. And I have the attention span of a squirrel. You know what I mean? So it, it's hard for me not to just kind of lose, lose interest during, a, during all that. But he had a lot of good things to say. Um, He's just very, I, I guess my observations and Silk, I, I, you know, I don't, and Dan, I, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but he's very measured in mm -hmm. every response. Um, and I'd probably like to see him be less measured, but unless that's who he is, maybe that's just who he is. Maybe he's mm -hmm, that guy. So. Sometimes I think a lot of these guys, and I, I'm still getting to know him. You guys know him better than I do. Uh, some of these guys, you know, again, I was in school when Spurrier was a coach and it was so off the cuff. Now, mm -hmm. what people don't realize about Steve Spurrier, not everything he said was exciting or funny or whatever. He'd say 20 boring things, but he always had that kicker. You know what I mean? Uh, but Billy's very measured. Uh, I wouldn't say concise. I don't know. <laughs> not, not at all. But I, I like I, I kind of liked all the things he said. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, look, I mean, he was honest. Hey, look, there's things I wish they could have done as a program and a coach. We would have done differently with the portal. We're doing the best we can. We're, we're trying to be fast without hurrying. Wasn't that the great John Wooden mm -hmm. line? Be fast, but don't rush. And that's kind of how you have to look at the portal. And he was honest about that. And uh, uh, he's a, it, it's interesting. I'm still trying to really get a read. I've done two of those things with him now. One of them, I just happen to be the only media person there. Um I don't know. What, what what was the main gist of your question again? I started rambling and already forgot. Yeah, no, you took the Billy Napier route. No, I was just more curious about <laughs> what you, what you <laughs> thought. Keith, if, Keith if, you, if you had any takeaways <laughs> other than kind of holistic big Billy Napier takeaways about any quotes or anything that, that you took away from that, that 19 minutes that we had with him. No, I, I don't think there was anything earth shattering. I, I think he said all the right things, quite frankly. Um, you know, he's, and then also I will say the observations off Mike, very cordial with all of us, yeah. very friendly, you know, thanks you. He thanks you for doing it. And yep. it seems genuine. Now mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean he wants to do these things. I mean, who really does want to sit there and answer question after question? I wouldn't, but he's, he's very polite, uh, you know, and it's what I hear from recruits and their families too. They, he's just a good guy. He's, yeah. he's a good dude. Um, that doesn't guarantee you're going to win 12 games. It doesn't mean you're going to win three games. But mm -hmm. as a person, he seems like a quality person. And, he, you know, look, the effort's being put in. We know that. Um, but uh, I think – no, I, I think – I liked when he basically – when he did admit that there were things that – it wasn't a perfect – the recruiting out of the portal wasn't perfect. There was no magic 
um, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. There's no, it's not an exact science. Mm -hmm. You're trying to get information. You're hoping you're yeah, actually, he said, you're hoping you hear that a guy may be going in the portal. So you're prepared when it happens, but that doesn't always work. He, he, he seemed like he's very honest and upfront about the challenges of the portal. Yeah. And, and I get it. I mean, I know you guys do too. I just heard you talking about it and silk made a great point. You got to worry about the guys on your team. You got to, sometimes you can maybe get a receiver that's better. And I'm going off track here, a receiver that's better than anything you've got. But if you bring him in, does that ruin that room? Mm -hmm. Which then brings the room down. And so there's all these things you have to, to judge. And I think that's what, what Billy was telling us that, you know, you're, there's a lot of factors in play here. Just when you think you've got somebody and you like them and you got it all figured out. Then a week later, when his transcript finally shows up, it's crap. And you can't do anything with it. Right. And so I, th I think that was kind of thing. He was just kind of trying to illustrate the challenges of the portal. I, I think we as we're all fans, right? Us as fans, we think, all right, go get this guy. You need help at this position. There's five of them sitting out there. Why aren't you going out and getting them? And there's every school's got unique challenges. Some schools can bring in certain guys. Some schools can't. You got to worry about the egos in the room. Now they've talked extensively. I've been following all, all the Gator stuff from before I got there about changing the culture. Right. And I had heard from other coaches um, that left that the culture was not great. Okay. The question is how do you quantify culture? Right. Um, but if they have built this great culture, you might say as a fan, well, if the culture's so great, why would you worry about people being upset and leaving when new guys come in? Mm. Uh, so I get that. On the other hand, everybody wants to play. And, and these are alpha male kids, and they all think they're ready. They all think it's their turn. So there are many, many challenges of bringing in guys. You've got to have a room that's accepting of the fact that you're trying to improve the room, not push them out of a spot. Right. So there, there's a, an enormous weight of responsibility and an enormous amount of challenges that a staff has to go to to try to better themselves. Now, in year one, like we're seeing it in my, the old school I covered, Auburn, they're in survival mode. They're having to, having to take a transfer a day right now. They, they had four terrible recruiting or three terrible recruiting classes in a row. So that's year one. By year two, where Florida's at now, you shouldn't have to take as many people. You brought a bunch of good young guys in the last class and maybe some from the year before. So you're building. But will you get to coach those guys if you don't win now? You're right. trying to balance winning now versus am I going to get to coach DJ Lagway? So it's there's so many things that he's got to deal with. It's uh, that you know it's it's got to be somewhat um, overwhelming at times. I would think even with the staff of 600 people or however many they have there. Right. Yeah. And, and they, they, they mentioned, obviously, RJ Moten had committed that day. Uh, I think that there's plans to keep Khalil Jackson wide receiver on, uh, although he didn't confirm. He basically confirmed that of the walk-ons, he's probably the only one that's guaranteed a spot, uh, which I think leaves Florida with maybe three potential players in the transfer portal. Uh, wondering about, you know, Adam Mihalik, obviously the kicker. There's a couple other players that they had uh, that were on scholarship last year that are still on the team that, that could be potentials as well. Uh, Florida has one right now. We had one visit this past week, and we'll get in that in a few minutes here. Uh, but that's probably where, you know, Florida's going to be in that, that two, maybe three spot max for, for transfer portal players. Well, the 85 number is, is fake until fall camp starts. You could have – sure. 285 guys on on scholarship right now and then you just got to whittle it down to the 85 florida never really played that game until billy napier got here um learned from the best nick gray shirt saban so 
Florida's not afraid to do that. So, like, when you say three, yeah, sure. But do you need two kickers on scholarship? Certainly not. Um, a walk-on defensive lineman who it's great that you're on scholarship. Your 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 spring and your summer classes were free. That's awesome. But when it comes down to brass tacks, uh, you know, and you get to the fall, I don't think that some of the guys who are on scholarship in the spring and the fall will be on scholarship, or spring and summer will be on scholarship in the fall. Right. You know, can I say can I say something? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Keith. Go ahead. Uh, well, you know, I know y'all talked extensively about quarterback stuff the last several weeks, but even that presents itself with a big challenge because a guy that has one year left, let's say, well, those guys, I mean, if they were really good, they'd probably be off on the way to the NFL most of the time, most of the time. Hmm. And if they have two years left, well, does that scare away? Do you run the risk of scaring away DJ Lagway? And if they have two years left, what if they're really good that first year and then they leave and then you're stuck right back where you just were next year and you're having to bring in another one-year guy? It's just, it's just, uh, it's so tricky right now. It's so tricky right now. Um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm still curious, you know, we keep hearing through the grapevine that, that they had inquired or not inquired that they were still looking if the opportunity presented itself a quarterback. But I mean, I don't, I mean, at this point, you know, maybe somebody that graduates in the summer, a kid that graduates early. I, I don't know. I don't know what the options are. I don't know what you guys are hearing, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Silk, I'm sorry. What were you saying? Uh, no problem, man. Keep. I just wanted to ask you about just the recruiting and with this staff and the climate of the country. Uh, we went in some battles that Dan Mullen lost uh, to, to Georgia and Alabama. So we're getting some victories. Uh, the star average and the quality of blue chippers is there. Uh, how far away are we uh, to closing that gap with Georgia? And what are you hearing about the buzz of this cycle as well? Like, I know it's yeah. up this summer. It's been positive. I'll just give you an example. I was at IMG last week down in Bradenton. And now I, the last few times I'd been there, I'd been there talking to kids that Auburn was after. But there does seem to be more buzz about Florida right now. They do seem to be making progress with guys. Now, five-star defensive lineman David Stone, he's from Oklahoma Sooners are favored, but we hear that the uh, NIL could be in play there, and that might open the door for some other schools. That seems like a little bit of a long shot, but he keeps visiting. Guy keeps visiting. You hope for the best. Jordan Seaton's big. Think. That's right. Jordan Seaton's a big time offensive tackle, um, and you know he keeps visiting. He was there over the weekend. They're, he told me last week they're going to probably get or almost certainly get an official visit. So they're making progress at, at those schools. You know, I never look at this. Well, I do look at the star rating, but more important than that, and I, I will tell you, and, and I'm a big Gus Malzahn guy. He's been great to me through the years. But his last few years at Auburn, and, and there's a point here, the star rating stayed high. But what we noticed, Silk, with that, who were they beating the land guys? So when Gus first got to Auburn, they they beat out Bama and Georgia for Montrevious Adams. They beat out LSU and Georgia for Big Cat Bryant. They beat out uh, everybody for Carl Lawson. What's the other big one? Derek Brown. It, Bama was two. That guy ended up being like the number six pick in the draft. Bama was two. Georgia was three. Tennessee. So they were beating out big guys. Carry on Johnson. You beat out Bama. Legit head-to-head -head battle. By the end of Gus's tenure, you weren't winning those battles anymore. You had uh, Tank Bigsby, but Georgia slow played Tank Bigsby. That's how he ended up at Auburn. You were beating out, I don't want to knock schools, but you were beating out NC State as opposed to beating out the Georges of the world. So that's what we've seen with Florida in recent years. More low-hanging fruit pickups, you know what I mean? Now you're seeing some wins. Clemson and Southern Cal would take would have taken DJ Lagway in a heartbeat, right? And a lot of people. Uh, Phil Samine, another big-time recruit. They're winning more of those battles. So to me, more important than star rating is 
who did you beat? So that uh, the running back from Mississippi, I'm uh, Cameron. Is it Cameron Daniels? Canaan. Canaan Daniels. Daniels. So you beat out Mississippi State. So people may say, well, whoa, 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 big deal. Well, he lives 30 minutes from Mississippi State. And and it is hard to get the studs out of that state. That's a, that's that, a big thing, too, that you, that you need to point yeah. out, Keith, is that the guys from Mississippi, it's hard to get them out of Mississippi. Yeah. Beating Mississippi State Fair. from a kid from West Point is like beating Alabama yeah. for a kid from Birmingham. Okay? Yeah. Uh, Kelby Collins, big win. And, and that's given – so, like – Kadarius uh, Tony seems like a big win because he produced, but they didn't. Bama and, and uh, Alabama weren't really. Bama and Auburn weren't really. You know that was kind of like a, a Florida didn't beat them really. They just got them. Uh, but you're starting to see more of those big wins again. And uh, now we haven't seen too many against Georgia. That's the next step. It's got to be a step thing. It really does. I mean, you'd love for it to not be, but the reality of it is, it is. Uh, and, and, and we've said that on this show too. Is that Kirby Smart didn't come in right away and do this. He's had five, six, seven years of building number one, top three classes to get yeah. to where they're rolling in five stars and they're three deep. Um, Look, and- Billy, not only does Billy Gonzalez know how to recruit, he knows what he's looking for. Uh, the running backs coach seems to be on point. The two offensive line system kids are telling us it's resonating with them. Uh, Sean Spencer, I met him the other day, incredibly personal personable and I'm gonna put something on the message board I watched him just interacting with women at the front office at Orlando Jones High School one of them was a Miami fan one of them was an FSU fan and he was just rolling with the punches well that's the kind of guy that you want to get into a school he's not going to be bothered by all that stuff he's going to connect with people whether they like Florida or not he's going to make he probably made Florida two fans that day just by the the grace that he treated these ladies at the front office at Orlando Jones with so you're seeing this he knows how to recruit the young off uh, defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong, we don't know how he's going to be, but the early reviews are that he's connecting with people. And here's who he's really going to connect with. He's a young Southern guy from York, Alabama. He's going to connect with coaches, high school coaches across the Southeast. And those guys are your, are your initial gatekeepers. So I feel, and then obviously Corey Raymond is, you know, one of the, one of the all-time great DB coaches in the modern era of college football. So they're connecting with people. It's resonating. Uh, but again, at some point, people got to see wins, and then you put the two together, Silk, and then you can really take off it. They got to see wins. Look, we're all—I'm older than you guys, unfortunately, as Nick will point out a hundred times. But the the Florida logo you look is younger, still though, bro. Thank You're you. Right. The Florida yeah. logo is still. You got know, to see me walking. My back is hunched, but the Florida logo is still strong to us four and to people at all these Gator Club meetings we've been going to. But it's not as strong to other people right now. Right now, it's just a little temporary thing. This is what happens. Uh, so wins change that. Big name wins. And I don't mean just recruiting. I mean the games on Saturday. Um, you know, big name players. So it's, um, you know, I always tell people, you know, 10 years ago, Clemson wasn't the Clemson we know now. Somebody has to be the next Clemson. Somebody has to be the next Georgia. Why can't it be Florida? It, it could be. It could be someone else, too. That's the That's the reality. But... There's going to be a next two or three great programs. It's out there for the taking. Uh, the blueprint's out there. Uh, NIL's creating some challenges, obviously, but I feel like Florida's getting a better handle on that. Um, and, and now you've got, and obviously quarterback recruiting. If you don't if you don't recruit that position at a super high level or have a few, again, my old program, Auburn, a few misses in a row, then all of a sudden you can forget about winning more than eight games. So all of that stuff has to be aligned. When you look at where Florida is right now, there is reason for optimism if they can survive this next season. 
I mean, I don't mean the coaching staff. I mean, just in general, you know, if you go four and eight or five and seven or six and six, can you keep that class together? Can you keep the positive energy? Can you keep the fan base happy? So again, there's a lot going on always at one time, but from a recruiting perspective, uh, I've heard a lot of good things. They're in it with a lot of really good players. I can tell you that. I mean, they're not going to get them all, but you never do, but it looks like it's going to be a solidly a class solidly in the top 10 and you've got a five-star quarterback. Looks like the row line recruiting is going to be okay. They, we, you know, we're waiting for some pickups. D line recruiting. The history of Sean Spencer says he's going to get guys, so you you rely on that. And uh, I've, I know I, I feel like it's going to be a solid top ten class with with an elite quarterback. So I mean, that's, I mean, I'll, that's, you know. I'll take an easy way here. I mean, just like Jane Rashad didn't work out, but three classes in a row, Billy Napier has gotten an elite quarterback. To say yes to him and, and dj lagway picked florida over lincoln riley who part of his recruiting pitch is first overall picks at quarterback heisman's yeah. at quarterback national championship uh, potential um college football playoff billy napier's over here like yeah we did go six and seven please come play for us and help yeah. us not do that again so like these are major recruiting battles and and we've been trying to i've been trying to rack my brain i don't remember the last time florida had a quarterback like DJ Lagway of his caliber committed this early in a cycle and then recruiting the way that DJ is. And I think that's the difference is that you're building, but that doesn't help you this year. It might not even yeah. help you in 2024. Well, you know, you made a good point in there about one thing. It's kind of a leap of faith for a lot of these kids. You can sell your vision year one, year two. Then you got to start winning. Then all of a sudden it's hard to sell a vision if you're not producing on the field. Uh, look, they weren't left with a, a beautiful situation, um, but there was some talent. We learned that watching the draft. Uh, now they've, you know, they say they've changed the culture. They're getting their kinds of guys in there. Again, the next step is to start producing some wins and, and we'll see what happens. But again, the, I'm getting good vibes across the state. I mean, look, I, I think Florida State's recruiting well in state this year, too. I know nobody wants to hear that, but they had a few years to build those relationships. Uh, and so Florida was playing catch up from the relationship building standpoint. But I mean, again, positive stuff out there. Um, you just got to keep building on it and building on it and building on it. And, you know, if they don't win this year, it'd be what would, th would it be? Th uh, they're working on two straight losing seasons, right? And that, that's unfathomable to me. Um, but the schedule's not easy. So you just gotta, you gotta start winning some of those games, man. You just, it's, I mean, at some point it's, it's a result, not some point it's a results or it's a wins oriented business results oriented business. And so, uh, but yeah, I, we don't see them going after the low hanging fruit and recruiting much like we were silk. I think, you know what I mean? Was yeah. it, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to knock too many people, but it seemed like there were a few coaches over the last, let's say half dozen years at Florida. And I was just following from afar and you're like, where they were just taking one three star after the other. Now that doesn't mean those guys can't play. That doesn't mean you right. didn't do a great evaluation, but right. over the, over 20 guys, are you going to value out evaluate Nick Saban staff, Kirby smart staff? I mean, at some right. point, so you're, you're fishing from the same pond with the other big boys, right? For sure. You know? Um, and we don't see that as much anymore. Now we're seeing some of the, the more, the bigger battles. They're, they're getting in there and mixing up. I mean, Billy Gonzalez ain't afraid to get in there and mix it up with the, with the other big guys. I can tell you that. Neither is yeah. Corey Raymond. Neither is Corey Raymond. Neither is Rob Sale. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, mostly uh, I'm impressed with the wide receiver recruiting. I think as a fan, uh, one thing that made me fall in love with Florida, Florida football was Spurrier, Funny Gun, Explosive Wide Receiver, Redale, Ike, Quez. You know, and then you go to Percy Harvin, Caldwell, 
explosive guys, man, that could take the lid off. And, and those, those were battles we won for elite guys. Uh, and we had some guys with McElwain and Muschamp and all those guys, but it was more of, hey, go check their film. They could be developed later type type situations. So to see the 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 rooms that Billy Napier, I know he's a previous wide receiver guy. Uh, he that's where he made his name out there at Bama recruit in the recruiting world. So to see him and Billy uh, in two two cycles, back to back cycles, uh, start to load up at those positions. I think receivers underrated when you look at uh, you know teams being able to you know come on the scene. Like wide receivers could play early. You could get an explosive guy out of high school put him out wide and he could get explosive. I, I got high expectations for Eugene Wilson and Andy Gene and all those guys. So I'm super excited about the level of the wide receiver room and the DB room is coming back as well. Cause that, that got a little down with the last regime. So just seeing the star level and the quality of players getting back to where university of Florida used to be, uh, it, that, that makes me feel a lot better more than anything. Well, you know, Billy Gonzalez, I'll let, I'm t- doing all the talking here, but Billy Gonzalez at this point in his career knows what he's looking for. A 30 year old assistant, may not entirely know what they're looking for always. Some do, some don't. He knows what he's looking for. You know, a lot of Spurrier's best receivers, most productive receivers, weren't his highest-rated guys. Uh, I love Jacquez. I know you do, too. I ran into him last week, and, and his recruitment actually came down to Florida, Alabama, and I think Mississippi State. And Alabama wasn't the Alabama then that it is now. They were selling him on the idea of being the next David Palmer. Um uh, gosh, uh, who was another guy? Aubrey Hill out of Carroll City. I think he ran, you know, receiver in the wishbone offense down there. Rest in peace. Yes. You know, I think he had like 15 catches his senior year in high school, but they saw a skill set. So I think, you know, and then he ended up being Mr. Third down at Florida. And I think Billy knows what he's looking for there. But you're right. Yeah, I went to that spring game and boy, the, the receiver room seemed to be a bit underwhelming for what, what we were used to long. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I, the, the returning guys. Right. This this time last year, uh, I was very critical of the receiver room and was dubbed negative Nick. Uh, and then they played the games, and people thought I wasn't negative enough. I think towards the end, you called it the worst room ever, and I had to remind you of no. Wharton. I said the worst Smother room guys. that I've covered. So in ten years, did you cover the Wharton room? Listen, oh, yeah, CJ. Catch, catch the out. baby had a lot of potential. He just did most of his work <laughs> at Midtown and less on the football yeah. field. Hmm. Hmm. All right, boys. Keith, we're going to let you go. I know that you're on the road right now. Keith, Back on the um, road, Keith. Yeah, let everybody know where they can follow you and, and give yourself some plugs. I mean, just go to GatorsOnline.com. On Twitter, it's On3Keith. But I just – it's all – I mean, I'll answer questions, but we're just trying to get people to the site, basically. So, for that, thank you for having me on because, you know, we can use the publicity. Nick's been doing not a good enough job promoting the site here, yeah. I guess. Ah, so, yeah, 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 Nick. I can't believe like y'all. I mean, this isn't, this isn't UNICEF. Silk and, and DK, aren't you guys running a business? You got Nick we on the show? Yeah. Mm. Business yeah. was too good. I had to bring it down. The, the That's IRS right. Yeah, we were, we were flying too, we were flying too high. <laughs> now, when Silk gets down to Tampa, he's going to come hang out with us? Yeah, for oh, sure. 100%. Okay. Yeah, where, yeah, do you live? where do you live? Where do you live? I'm in West Palm. Okay. South Florida. But I'm, I'm in Tampa. Hey, I may be over, I may be over there. Time. Oh, I may be over in West Palm in the next couple of weeks. I'll, I'll, I'll try to get your info. Okay. Tap in with me. I know you got to be coming to see these Cardinal Newman and Benjamin, Benjamin boys. Yeah, man. yeah. I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna go by those schools at some <laughs> yeah. point. I'm just uh, prop maybe next week, but I'll, I'll hit you up. Okay. All right, awesome. man. Keith, we'll see you guys. on the golf yeah, course, y'all, brother. Y'all take care. Yeah. Appreciate it. Drive safe. Yeah. Thanks. 
man was hyping CJ Warden and Alvin Bailey. That's, that was a beef first we off, had that year. First off, first off, you were probably hyping Alvin Bailey. Why, why is that probably, Nick? There, there, there was hype for Alvin Bailey uh, as a recruit. I never um, understood the Alvin Bailey take. It's glad to see. I don't want to be right, but that was one that I just never really saw. Everybody, all the Gator fans wanted him. Um, I've seen, seen some possibilities if he was in the right offense and not with you know bro. who we had at that time. He was a, a guy that played quarterback, could have went to the slot and did some things. He was shifty. CJ uh, Wharton could have been great. Just he was great. He was great at midtown. At midtown. Yeah. He midtown was a legend. Midtown yeah, he's, legend. He's a Rex Grossman at, at Midtown. Yeah. Speaking, yeah. speaking of Midtown, oh, we got to right, pour one out. For our friends at Grog, uh, I know my friend Allie Gardner and the softball team. They were up there a lot. I know uh, a lot of the football players made it up there too. Uh, but rest in peace, uh, about 25 years in business. Mm-hmm. So beat the clock, just won't slap the same. Um, Everything's getting – Salty and balls still there. But salty and balls, balls, huh? Salty, salty and balls are still there. How long you giving uh, salty balls? Pause. Mm, there's been there's been there's uh, been some there's been some there's rumors been some, that have me hoping for longer than i originally yeah. thought rumors and drama but there's a new establishment coming i don't want to give too much away i think uh the three of us know uh new estab new old yeah, establishment yeah. coming to midtown i think you'll see the boys there Hold uh, on, man. i think you'll see the boys there more of a good so. cologne nick Bringing oh. the Gucci out, yeah, bro. Okay, yeah. A little bun, maybe a bun number nine. They gotta smell me when I enter the building, though. That's true. They, do you, I think are, they'll are you smell uh... you. Smell, <laughs> you mean from your cologne? I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Either way, are you, <laughs> are you a one cologne guy? I you used to you used to like be a mad scientist back in like high school and like try to mix two different fragrances to make oh, a no. unique one. No, no, no. You can't go over the top. The last thing you want to do is like I did that one time. And the girl was like, oh, my God, you smell too good. Like, yeah. how many sprays did you spray? So you, you don't want to go over the top, man. You want to hit it a couple times and vibe. Keep a little travel bottle in, uh-huh. you know, in, in a bag or a pocket with you because you never know when if it may wear off and you may run into some nice action that later. I'm like, yo, I want her to smell this good. Yeah. go to the bathroom. Because the bathroom guy, if you're at the right establishment, he's going to tax you and want, want you to tip him. Oh, yes. Yeah, for a spray of his cologne. So try, try yeah. with I, I really struggle with bathroom attendance. We'll get back to the show here in a second. Uh, I have no problem. I respect them, man. I, I, do. I respect, I respe- boys, I respect man. the hell out of them. You know, yeah. I appreciate what what they – I wish they there was a, a few times. I wish there was a self-service checkout line in a, a bathroom <laughs> attendant um, situation, right? That's actually smart. I appreciate – you giving me a couple squirts of soap and giving me the paper towels and all that. I also have no problem doing that myself. I do appreciate that they create a, a level of accountability uh, in the, in the bathroom at the bar where we've all seen it. Guys yeah. aren't necessarily great at washing their hands. So I appreciate right. that level of accountability, but I do wish there was a self-service checkout in the bathroom. Downtown Fort Lauderdale went, uh, we had a little bar, um, Went there for the longest time. Never have cash. Never had cash. Sorry, man. Don't have cash. Appreciate that. Mm. Uh, two, three years going to the bar. The same attendant. He knows me. I'm like, sorry, man. Don't have cash. <laughs> Boom. He whipped out that little plug, put it into his phone. I was like, my guy, <laughs> this, is a, this is a 50 spot for you. Like, yeah. I've been coming yeah, here for yeah. years. Uh, we've, been, we've been accruing a bill. I gave the guy 50 bucks. I was like, yo, that's a power yeah, move. Money. Yeah, power move. You just pulled out the phone. You're like, "Yo, I got you." This is before yeah. 
you know, like Apple Pay and stuff like that. Uh, so you pulled out whatever that thing is, you plug it in, and you like yeah, swipe the, the car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the guy, a, the guy, the bathroom attendant got paid that night. There's Shout a guy in Tampa him. that has a placard uh, that's laminated and everything. If you don't have cash, that's fine. Apple Pay, Venmo, Zelle, whatever, whatever mode of payment that's out there, they take it. So no, it's just like falling stock, not transferring. Here's uh, my LFB thing with the bathroom guy. My thing with the bathroom guy is when they monopolize it, right? So I don't have the option to wash my hands because you got the only sink, you right. cornered it off, and you got the soap already out. So I'm now I'm obligated to to pay you regardless because mm -hmm. you like you like volunteered your services. It's like the <laughs> people that start wiping wiping your windows. Like bro, I didn't actually do that, so I appreciate it. Bathroom capitalism, baby. They have saved me with some breath mints, you know, mm. uh, here and there, some cologne spray. So, like, when you're in a crunch, you appreciate the bathroom attendants. So I, I appreciate them, boys. I do. Uh, speaking of appreciating the boys, want to give a shout out to our friends over at the Gatorverse, Gatorverse.io. If you are looking to support University of Florida student athletes, Check no other spot than Gatorverse.io. Doing a lot of really great things. They they had a fantastic uh, gymnastics um, engagement that they did last year. Really helped a lot of the student athletes at the University of Florida working with the men's basketball program. Going to be working with a lot more. But please go check out Gatorverse.io and support your University of Florida athletes. Uh, let's see. Um, Nick, one of the topics of conversation that came up, and, and I am – not uh, allowed to talk specifically uh, because it was a ticketed closed door event at the Gators uh, club down there in Sarasota. But uh, we're still on the topic of conversation of nine games in the SEC versus eight games. Do you have any thoughts or opinion on the matter? I have many. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think the, uh, the SEC is steeped in tradition. Um, Florida and Georgia are going to play. They're going to play in Jacksonville as much as I would like to do a two in Jacksonville, Athens, Gainesville rotation. I um, think that would be really cool. Uh, if you're at Florida or at Georgia for four years, you get an opportunity to play in the swamp. You get an opportunity to play between the hedges and you still get to go um, to Dan's favorite city in the mm -hmm. entire universe. Um, so I think that'd be cool, but you have these traditions, Auburn and Alabama, the state will secede from the union if the SEC tries to say that they can't play the Iron Bowl. Uh, you also have to have Alabama play Tennessee. They've played that over 100 times. That game has to happen. Auburn and Georgia have to play. Um, in the eight-game model with adding two teams is going to be a 7-1 model, which means you get one permanent opponent. So are you taking Tennessee off, Auburn, or off Alabama's schedule? Are you taking – Auburn off Alabama's schedule. Are you taking Tennessee off of Florida's schedule or are you taking Georgia off of it? There's no more LSU games. So you're going to have riots in SEC fan bases with eight games. Now the other option is to go to a nine game and then you have a six and three, three permanent opponents uh, and then six rotating. That keeps the traditions. That also adds an SEC game. I think the SEC and the presidents and the athletic directors are going to go to Disney Say, hey, Mickey, uh, we're playing a tougher schedule. Uh, so we'd like some more of those Donald Duck bucks to do that. Well, and, like, well, and, and, and Disney is going to say, hey, man, we're paying you $3 billion for the next 10 years to schedule your games. A little greedy. So I think when I think the SEC will posture and say, we'll do eight. 
and you're going to get fire and brimstone from fan bases, which which are going to say, what do you mean we're not playing Tennessee anymore? We're not playing Alabama anymore. We're not playing Auburn anymore. So I think the eight-game schedule, once they came out last year in the spring and said, there's only two models. This this model for the eight-game, a, a seven and one, and this model for a nine-game, a six and three. To me, there was no other option. You can't get rid of these traditional rivalry games. So you're going to have to go to a nine-game schedule. And the SEC and the coaches and the athletic directors will say, we're going to stay at eight, we're going to stay at eight, until they see what the fan bases say. But they're going to try to get more money out of Disney, who's giving them $3 billion. Starting in 2024, the SEC will get $300 million a year from ESPN, from Disney. Uh, they were getting $55 million a year from CBS. So you don't have a huge leg to stand on going to ask for more money, but I get the standpoint. Like, hey, we're we're giving you an extra SEC game. So uh, we just we didn't we didn't have this SEC game when we negotiated the contract. We need to renegotiate. But if I'm writing a three billion dollar check, I, I don't really feel like renegotiating that for a higher number. Good stuff there, Nick. I, I feel like with all of your uh, similes and metaphors, you were prepared for that segment and appreciate your thoughts. I know. How dare uh, you? That was Hove and Wayne in the booth. That was one take, Jake. One, one take, take. Jake. That was one take. That was a freestyle. I like it. Well, you did a fantastic job, Nick. Thank that's you. why we. That's why we pay you the big Donald Duck bucks here. Uh, I do think that Florida's position right now is more erring on the side of wanting eight games over nine. Uh, Silk, you have any thoughts, or you just kind of kind of wait and see because we don't control it anyway. Yeah, man, they better get these games right, or they're gonna have to go back to lockdowns. They uh, the real civil war gonna start. They, they take away these robbery games. That's my take. All right. Well, let's get on. Who, to if, if they if they stay at eight, who do you want as Florida's permanent opponent? Uh, I'm not Vanderbilt. Unfortunately, I can't. <laughs> oh, no, maybe not right now. Ah, Dan, Jeez. watch out. Careful yeah. there, Dan. Yeah, no, I, I really Vanderbilt backed myself into a corner here. Yeah, there's no well, corner. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, <laughs> like, it's not going to be keep so happening. The other thing, too, I, is I, I think it, I think it's going to be Georgia, right? I, I think <clears> if any permanent opponent exists, Florida, Georgia well, you, you've is got, the most story to, of those rivals right you have to look into the contract too because i mean i guess you can probably get out florida and georgia could get out of the a contract with the city of jacksonville if the sec is them. not going to have that <laughs> if the sec is going to have you know change that but to me um I, I can't imagine a season where florida and tennessee aren't playing right right we well, got a lot of we got a lot of low-key like rivalries man like LSU is a rivalry. You're going to lose the LSU game. Like, like, right. From talking to people, even even if they do the nine game schedule, LSU's out. It, it'll be Georgia, Tennessee, and I think Oklahoma will be. I think I'm going to get out there this year for that reason. Permanent. I got to see uh, Florida at LSU before uh, they start dismantling things. Mm -hmm. This isn't the first time, right? Florida used to have a very historic rivalry with Auburn, Auburn that was lost. Um, so. I, I don't know. I, I I don't necessarily love the seven one, but I get it right, especially with Oklahoma and Texas. You know their regions agreed to it. They're absolutely coming in twenty twenty four. You have to add them in some you know rhyme or, or, or fashion. Um, what if you got rid of all of the rivalries? What if you had eight games? Just get rid of the whole rotated? game, man. What? Just get rid of the whole game at that point. Mm. 
What do you mean get rid of all the rivalries? <laughs> but if you got rid of the one permanent rivalry every year, and then every school has multiple rivalries, right? It's going to be tough to balance if you stick at eight. Obviously, if you stick, if you go to nine, it's a little bit of a different situation. I think if they go to nine, I'm very curious if Florida continues on with Florida State uh, every year. I think that they would, but there's that chance too, right? Where now you're going to be potentially losing the opportunity to have that home game that you might not otherwise have or whatever it might be to, to be able to bring in a USF in or a, you know, who are we bringing in this year? I don't remember central Michigan, whoever it might be, you know, but Florida also has locked themselves in. And this is why I'm not surprised that Florida's position is probably eight. You've already locked in games against Notre Dame. You've locked in games against Colorado. You've locked in games against Arizona state in the future for one and one. So I'm very curious if Florida does go to a nine game schedule has FSU on there. That's 10. You go away to Arizona state. Now you have one for the, the fan base. If Florida's good, that's great. Cause you get great football, but from a business perspective, certainly things you have to start thinking about. No doubt. Hmm. Gosh, there's You just can't, they can't say a date. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you what I think their position is. We'll see. I don't think it's Florida's decision to control hundred uh, percent on their own, but you, you start to factor in those things and then how that might affect other rivalries. Right. But what I mean by getting rid of rivalries is not getting rid of rivalries as a whole. That's what makes college football, you know, but Florida has Tennessee, LSU, Georgia, previously Auburn as considered rivals. Right, you're going to be in a situation where you rotate them every few years. Right, you don't lose the rivalry; you just lose that it's every year, and it might be two out of three years, right, or three out of five. Does yeah. that make the, does that make the rivalry even bigger? Who knows? Yeah, try to tell fans of Auburn, Alabama, and Tennessee, like, hey, uh, sorry, no Iron Bowl this year, uh, but we'll get you back in 2027. I don't have to tell them. That's the best part. <laughs> yeah. I don't work for the SEC. The only SEC guard, right now bro. I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only SEC, guard. Nick, that oh, yeah. I'm worried about right now is governing <laughs> my retirement investment. All right, boys, we've got a couple commitments. Uh, let me get a final ad read in just because of where we're at, and then we'll, we'll power through the end of the show here. Uh, go visit alumnihall.com. Uh, Go visit them on Archer Road or on uh, online there. Uh, anything that you want, Gators polos, golf apparel, uh, little trinkets, accessories around your house, uh, the latest and greatest in all of the major brands that provide Florida Gator-sponsored uh, wear. So go visit them, alumnihall.com, or go visit them on Archer Road in beautiful Gainesville, Florida. Uh, last week uh, on Monday, not long after we recorded, uh, the Gators received a commitment from R.J. Moten. Uh, he's a safety uh, DB linebacker prospect. Uh, I think Florida's recruiting him at just safety right now. Um, from the University of Michigan, his father, Ron Moten, previously had played for the University of Florida as well. But R.J. Moten is the first transfer portal player that the Gators get this year. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts on R.J. Moten? I thought it was a good get. Uh, a position of need. Uh, we spoke about uh, possibly adding a safety into that room, a veteran safety. I like Miguel Mitchell. Uh, Kamari Wilson uh, has some development still to do. So there's just a lot of inexperience back there. He comes in with 10 starts last year. 
Uh, I think he had something like 99 snaps. Uh, very good as far as production. Didn't haven't given up a touchdown in all of those uh, snaps. Someone was saying that he lost his job maybe down the stretch at Michigan. But regardless, uh, you get a guy that come, that's coming in and it's going to be penciled in as a starter. A lot of experience uh, and coming from a good program with, with Harbaugh out there. So I don't think he's coming from a place uh, where I'm worried about uh, him being a toxic or ruining the locker room. So I like that we got him in. He didn't take a bunch of visits. You know, you get you get your guy in, he commits on the visit, and they shut it down. But uh, I'm, I'm satisfied with that gift for my safety room for sure. Mm-hmm. It um yeah I mean you needed it. He has more college snaps than everyone in the safety room combined. Um, you needed depth. I think like Silk said, he's a guy who can come in and start. Um, he's a th- uh, some people took what I wrote wrong. I think he's a thumper. He he can hit you hard. Um, had some tackling issues last year at Michigan. I think that's kind of what led to to him losing his spot. Um, it was also a playoff team. Um, so we're talking about levels. Uh, Michigan was a much better team. He didn't lose his spot. To he probably lost his spot to someone who would also start at Florida. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's a fair point, yeah. Great um, point. Um, so you know, I I think you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater, but like this was one of the four, the last four teams playing football games. He lost Mm -hmm. his spot to uh, on a very good football team. Um, hasn't allowed a touchdown, uh, pass in, in coverage. So, a guy who I think one checks the box immediately for depth, experience, veteran leadership. You had mm-hmm. to have that in that room. Um, and two, a guy who I think is going to come in and, and compete right away to start, August 31st. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the, uh, right on the same page there. Um, Always, man. The Gators also hosted running back, pardon me, from Houston, uh, Alton McCaskill. This weekend, I know a lot of folks are at wondering why, with Florida having a pretty stacked running back room, why the Florida Gators are hosting a running back. Uh, my thoughts are, and then I want to hear yours. You have a team that needs talent, needs playmakers, uh, and you have the opportunity for him to be at the program for the next three years. Uh, you always look at the opportunity, whether you are skilled in that room or not, to always try to find additional upgrades. But uh, Silk, I want to get your thoughts on Elton McCaskill. Like you say, he had three years. He has three years to play, but he's talented wise. He's yeah. good enough to to press. In my opinion, Montreal Johnson's in. Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne for snaps. Uh, Cam Carroll came in from Tulane, uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see how it all pans out. But he was he got nine nine hundred and sixty one yards uh, as a rookie out there in the AAC. He got rookie of the year in that mm-hmm. league. Had an ACL tear uh, in twenty twenty two, so he sat out, but uh, seemingly bounced back uh, with with Hogerson and the Houston squad for spring. Uh, had a solid spring. They actually were shocked that he entered the portal. Uh, so a very good get, man. I think you should be carrying five backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an opportunity for good roster management. We missed on uh, Mark Fletcher down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to Miami. So you feel in the need uh, a body. We wanted to bring in two backs last year. We only brought in one. So obviously there was a missing spot on the roster. Uh, they fill them in if, if we get him, because I don't know if we get him. He's going to take some more visit, it seems here. Uh, but if you get him, you get a guy that fills in the roster need, uh, but he's also proven. Um, especially if he's off of that that tear, man. I love his film. Everything mm-hmm. about it, you cut it on, whether it's Auburn, SEC programs, ACC, or in the league he's playing in, uh, he got off as a true freshman. So I love his film, and I think he's going to be a guy that, if, if he does come, uh, you could pencil Trey Young well being for a red shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
It's that meme of the guy. It's like a trade. It's a guy with the, the slick back hair in the room. It's kind of lit up, and it's like Gator fans were like, I want quarterback, and it's like you'll receive another running back. So I mm. think that's where like the anger about it was. But dude can play, uh, has three years to play, and you're losing. You're going to lose Montrell. Mm-hmm. 90% most likely. I'd be surprised yep. if Montrell Johnson's playing at Florida in two years. He's going to go to the draft after this year. You lose Cam Carroll. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't understand. And, and this is one of the kids. Like Florida has tried to move in silence so much in the portal. They tell guys not to publicize uh, when they're getting offered out of the portal. This kid tweeted when he got his offer, and people on our message board were like, you're wrong. This kid tweeted. I'm like, this kid's good enough to do whatever the hell he wants. Right. And will still say yes and, and take you. So um, to me, everything still said. Yeah, this mm-hmm. kid can play right away. Um, give you another back four, um, five, five really. And um, yeah, to me, if you can get him, absolutely. I thought Colorado bound um, mm-hmm. as they've gotten like 50 new scholarship players. Yeah, Deion's, 59. Dion, Dion's. <laughs> Dion's working like a, a drive-through. Just yep, come on, the new 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 guy in. Um, but Just I coaching think this, FSU. And, and right now, where the state of the roster is, if Buffaloes uh, is what they call it, there. Buffaloes, I like that. Ah, uh, where the state of the roster is, I don't care what position it is. If you can get talent, you need to get talent on this roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday. Yep, absolutely. And you know, obviously, there's there's a limited amount of talent that's left. Um, and you, again, the the old adage has been talked about there's a reason why a players you know in the transfer portal the amount of players that are going to upgrade florida's roster are relatively limited i know you could say that's tongue-in-cheek florida needs a lot of help obviously florida does but you also have to factor in all of the other things right can they transfer to florida what are they looking for where are they from what opportunity are they looking for floor for and do they match and fit with what florida's looking for so mm-hmm. getting a guy like mccaskill I think would be awesome. You get a talented running back in again, like you said, Silk, you're most likely losing two people next year. Right. And that leaves ETN who, if he does what we think would probably go to the NFL the year after that, you still could have another year of McCaskill, depending on, you know, what his carries and reps look like. You know, you have the opportunity for Trayon Webb. You have obviously the other recruits that are coming in. So Florida can get him. I completely understand the take and and think that it would be a great get for the University of Florida. And, and we'll see if NIL gets to a point where running backs are staying and it makes sense to stay. But the the NFL doesn't value the running back position the way it used to. So you're trying to get to your second contract. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I know we had a couple of running backs go in the first round this year, but like I don't know. You have to be you have to be like a, a Bijan. Robinson right. kind of running back to get that that guaranteed five year contract in the mm-hmm. first round. So to me, running it makes no sense for running backs to stay for four years. If you're an NFL talent, it makes no sense to spend a fourth right. year in college and get that extra tread on your tires. You mm-hmm. need to get to the NFL because it's not about your first contract, it's about your second. Maybe NIL gets you to a place where if you're like a fringe fourth, fifth rounder, but then if you're that, then are you making enough in the in NIL to to hold off on the NFL on the NFL. So you need, like Silk said, you need five guys. You need to always be recruiting running backs to have that that backup because it's really a position where if you're a dude, you're only going to spend three years in college. Absolutely. On the other recruiting front, the Gators do lock in another commitment with four star 
wide receiver Isaiah Williams out of Carrollwood Day High School in Zephyr Hills, right outside of Tampa, Florida. Uh, he holds offers from Miami, LSU, Georgia, Alabama, uh, Michigan, South Carolina, Tennessee, Florida State, and the list goes on. Uh, coming off of an injury uh, last season, uh, but is ranked four stars by On3 and Rivals, three stars by 247 and ESPN. Uh, the On3 uh, overall average for him is the 297th best player in the country and 50th overall play or 50th overall wide receiver in the country. Your thoughts on Isaiah Williams? I like it. Good get. Um, I think he plays in the slot. Could play outside. Uh, he has NFL pedigree. Uh, dad played in the NFL. Uh, tested at one of these camps. Man, which camp was it? Uh, Nike, I'm sorry, Under Armour next camp. He ran a 4.46, which is the fastest time at that camp. So it looks like he's bounced back from the injury. Uh, I think he's very, if you look at his film, very explosive on special teams, punt return, kickoff return. Uh, could use some work with just getting off, off the line of scrimmage uh, versus jams on his release. But outside of that, man, a guy that can run, you know, top end speed routes and immediate routes, plucks the ball out of the sky. Um, we're cooking in the Tampa area. That's what I think about this get, man. Um, we'll see if we can get TJ Moore. What 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 was the overall reaction? Uh, it seemed underwhelming on the timeline. Yeah, I think everybody wanted JoJo Trader yesterday or or the day the kid committed or something <laughs> yeah. like. Uh, and do I think this kid's gonna rise? I think he was out of full season. I think when mm -hmm. you see him as a full season, he's gonna have a Eugene Wilson like rise in his rankings. Uh, I think he could be a top 200 kid, 150 kid. That's mm -hmm. my uh, my opinion. But uh, you, you got to look at the offers, the kid that was out last year, and, and his, his film. Like, he's an explosive guy, track mm -hmm. guy. He runs a 10-9, 10-800 meter. Uh, people that are looking for, like, the big Jeremiah Smith and the Jer, uh, and the JoJo Trader names, you got to build an entire wide receiver room. Are they still recruiting Jeremiah Smith? Obviously, we are. He set up a visit, so – a great get by the staff, man. I think like the ceiling on this kid is through the roof. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree. The I didn't know a bunch, a bunch about him. Pardon me, but uh, film looks good. Solid player again. Silk, like you said, you're building a room. You're not just recruiting one guy or just two guys. Uh, not everybody's going to be a Jeremiah Smith. You, you need your other folks that are going to be on that roster. Looks like a good take. Florida's still in it for a lot of other players. I know Florida fans. Expect because you have DJ Lagway that you're just going to knock it out with four other five-star wide receivers, and that's just not how it works. Uh, Carolwood Day is a, a program that's produced a lot of athletes. Um, you Like you said, Silk, good pedigrees, 5'11 and a half, almost six feet, probably still growing. Um, you know, has the opportunity to play slot or outside. Uh, you know, it'll depend on what happens, you know, going into this season, obviously. And, you know, nobody's signed on the dotted line yet, right? If he doesn't recover the way that Florida wants or doesn't look like it's going to be an opportunity at Florida – Florida's not going to sign him, right? But I do trust Billy Gonzalez. I do trust the analysis that they've done on on these offensive players. I, I don't think that they've missed on a lot uh, over the last year and a, a year and a half or so on uh, on taking these guys that uh, maybe are, are a little bit more under the radar. Perfect. And uh, so you mentioned Jeremiah Smith did lock in a visit for uh, for the Gators in the uh, next few weeks. He will be here um, with DJ Lagway um, on part yeah, of June 2nd yeah, through June 4th. And then um, they complain about that. <laughs> right. I was actually that was actually be my next topic of conversation. Uh, timeline doesn't ever <laughs> seem to be happy. You get a guy right. to, to come on a campus. 
I think hey, we he's got just me. trying to get a free trip. Guy doesn't come on a campus. These Bro, guys it ain't your, it ain't your money. That's <laughs> it ain't your money. Shut up. What are it we doing here? Yeah. Just being mad for the sake of being mad. That was one of the most wild takes. Can't keep giving this guy free food. Shut up. <laughs> My goodness. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I give him a voucher wherever he want to eat in Gainesville, man. If 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 University of Florida runs out of money uh, for Jer- Jeremiah Smith, just give me a call. I got an NIL. Yeah, so. I'll, I'll Venmo some money over for yeah, a Dragonfly yeah. meal or a Mark's Prime <laughs> or an Ember's about. meal, right? Yeah. Uh, but right. now, good setup, man. Good job by the staff. Like, they haven't landed him, but there's been continuing uh, Jeremiah Smith flirting with University of Florida on timeline. He seemingly have a relationship with uh, DJ Lagway. Uh, Beating out Brian Hartline isn't a, a, a walk in the park, but you got to be in it to win it. If he's scheduling official visits to come hang out with DJ Lagway, let's do it. You know, our wide receiver room is going to be good with – as long as we got Billy Napier, he's going to recruit studs in the wide receiver room. That's what he. That's where he made his name. But and meanwhile, yeah, you get the dogs on campus, see if we can get them. Listen, this is what the last staff, in my opinion, didn't do. You're going to lose some of these, some of these right. recruiting battles. Mm-hmm. But the last staff wasn't even taking swings. It was like, ah, oh, crap. Yeah. He, he committed to Ohio State. That's cool. Who's the next one on the board? Ah, he's he likes Notre Dame. Who's seventh? Let's try seven on our board. Right. Um, this staff doesn't care if you're committed somewhere else. If you're the number one player, we want you. We're going to continue um, to recruit you. So you're going to lose some of these battles. You're going to get trolled because you're going to lose some of these battles. But you're fighting for – this staff is fighting for – these kids and, and you're going to eventually start winning some of these. And that's how you get back to having an elite team is by getting elite talent and you have to recruit against elite recruiters to get that to your campus. Already. All right. I do want to show Eugene Wilson just put out a video. Bro, get mm. me more. Ooh, hello, Dan with the muting, please. Yeah. He think he me. Look at him. Mm. There we I go. got. Let me see if I can find this. Dan. Explosive! I see. Look at that get up, man. It's, it's it's release off the line. It's just inc- it's crazy, bro. Super explosive kid, man. I want to like. I may have to read like walk back my my Andy Gene being the best uh, freshman year out of that. Even though he didn't, Eugene didn't show up uh, for spring. It's gonna be hard keeping him off the field, bro. It's gonna be difficult. Let me uh, let me drop this in here. I want to see how many. Just tell him to ask Silk a question. Um, I think I think Eugene Wilson, if Ricky Pearsall had left, Eugene Wilson is a day one starter. Hmm. Now I don't know if he is anymore with gotta, Ricky, but, uh, but it is it's bad news. Uh Eugene Wilson enrolling is gonna be bad news for Ty Jockeyo Bowman. Ty Bowman. Jockeyo. We uh, I got my pronunciation guide silk, so I'm I'm locked yeah. and loaded with, with my pronunciations. I ain't even started um, trying to learn how to say his name because I knew Eugene yeah. Herman. Yeah, pause. Um, so, ooh, hello. Um, Called it that that video I just dropped, Dan, I want to yeah. – Silk, uh, this reporter out there uh, in Texas um, was catching or attempting to catch some passes, a little slant, a uh, little, little five-yard ins from DJ Lagway. When Dan cues it up, Dan's towards the end of that video. Um, how many passes? These are fastballs. How many uh, out of ten do you think you're you're pulling into the chest and turning up field with? We're almost there. Almost there. Just wanted Dan's to get right. to the right spot in the video. 
Yeah, Bear Wolves, we don't have a production team or anything around here. Yeah, it's just us, just doing our thing. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. Mm, got the Airbnb Wi-Fi. Yeah, got that Airbnb that's, a, Wi-Fi. that's a Colorado hamster. All right, got that Obama on. internet, bro. <laughs> How did the other one work just fine? All right, hold on. We're just playing. While that pulls up. Man, me and Zach, when we were out there um, for for the uh, Texas A&M game, we were trying to go see him, but he had gotten hurt and yeah, ended up playing in that last home. game. Um, All right, it's, it's coming up soon. There's Derek Pause. Sr.? Dude, he still looks young. He is young, Nick. I think he's 16, 17 years old. He was 16, <laughs> man. That's crazy. Wait, Mike. <laughs> as soon as it gets to that, oh, there you go. Oh, drop one. Whoop, whoop. Nah, does not there look. Uh, gets on you quick there, Silk. Who is he throwing to? It's a reporter, the reporter, a TV news oh. guy down, out oh. there in Texas. I was about to say. His name is how many? How many? We're, we, I mean, it's, come, it's getting on you quick. How many yeah. of those are you catching? Uh, I play DB for a reason, so I'll be, <laughs> be honest on the show. Uh, I, 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 I didn't have the best hands. I could catch, but I didn't have the best hands, and I don't have the biggest hands. So uh, I don't know, man. I might break a finger or something. You got to rock it. I think I'm going to go for three. Um, if you go on three, seven. give me nine. If Dan can I, get I, three, I can no, no, nine. I said oh for three. <laughs> oh for three. So oh, no, no, I said I said ten. Ten. You get ten. Oh, out of ten. Um. Were they all that short, like little slant where he's rocking? Yeah, yeah. No, it's coming. It's getting. It's on coming here. in hot. Um, I'll give myself two. Mm. I'm catching seven. You are yes. not catching seven, Nick. <laughs> seven with the gloves away. From Bro, the that is nuts. Catching seven. All right, cool. Next tailgate we have. You are running catching, ten routes. You gonna kick? You gonna bring a mitt? I'm catching. <laughs> I, got, I got my old, my old uh, Ichiro Mizuno model. After wow. this thing, Nick is win. That's all you're gonna be doing. I'm catching seven. DJ PJ DJ is putting it in stride, which is you know noticeably slower um, than yeah. Than I think my I think he, I think your pace will be a little off what he's used to. Yeah. Well, he's it's a seven step. It's a seven step drop for my five yard slant. Yeah, I can see that. That's, that's how we get the timing right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got to dodge some tackles too. Yeah, step up in the box. Nick's still yeah. at yard four. I get it. My my slant is a, is a, is a long read progression. I do want to <laughs> let let the fans know that June second weekend is our is a big weekend. But second and the ninth, uh, just for y'all the casuals that don't follow recruiting like us maniacs, uh, June second should be a really big day. DJ PJ DJ will be back in the town. Uh, we we mentioned Jeremiah Smith. I don't have the entire list. It'll keep building, but mm-hmm. that's just a date to keep in mind. If you want to cut your notifications on for possible commits that weekend, uh, that's a weekend you may want to. Yeah, and I do want to say that I think Florida looks really, really, really good for um, Christopher Jones, linebacker out of Virginia. Um, yes, just, sir. You got to give uh, – Jay Bateman, uh, his credit where credit's due. He came in, didn't uh, recruit super well right off the, you know, right out of the gate. But you saw some improvement from Ventro Miller. Obviously, a huge improvement from Amari Gaynor. Now the Gators have one of the best linebacking commit groups in the country, if not the best right now. Absolutely. And looking at another highly ranked four star in Christopher Jones, uh, you're talking about building for the future, uh, and you got to give Jay Bateman credit where credit is due there. Um, gentlemen, any final thoughts on recruiting? Um, 
topics related to the football team before we get into baseball? No, that's it, man. I do got uh portal. I know Trey Amos is the guy that we're we're looking mm. at, uh, former uh, defensive back at Louisiana. Billy originally recruited him. He was a quarterback in high school. Brought him mm-hmm. in as a DB into that class out there in Louisiana. He has some crazy interest right now. He visited LSU, also visited Alabama. We were one of the first team to offer uh, when he entered the portal. I know our defensive back room isn't one we need a lot of people. There's not a, there's not a big need for uh, cornerbacks right now. But if Bama and LSU want him to come in and play, uh, that's a guy that you should go out there. We're seemingly trying to get him on campus. We'll see where we go with it. But I would love him in my DB room for sure, for sure. He's a 6'2 guy, very rangy, good athlete. Uh, he's going to play on Sundays a lot. So I would love to get him in, into Gainesville if we can. Absolutely. Uh, Nick, uh, we didn't talk about baseball last week. Had a couple people in the comments ask, so we apologize. Uh, but, Nick, where are we at with baseball? Tough week for the Gators. Yeah, tough week for Florida. Had a really big opportunity. South Carolina gets swept. Vandy gets swept. So, Florida had a chance to take uh, to gain some ground on Vanderbilt. Um, they don't get it done. Uh, I will say that. Texas A&M was one of the teams in the College World Series last year. Um, really good team. They lost their two best hitters from that team, and they've had some bad luck. Um, but after they lost Friday, um, talking to my buddy Ryan Broninger, he said, this, this team, Texas A&M, needs to win five of their last nine to have a chance of making it to the NCAA tournament. So you're talking about one of the best eight teams in the country possibly missing the tournament. I think A&M played um, like a team desperate to win, like a team that had their back against uh, against the wall. Um Winning SEC series is tough on the road. Florida's six and two in, in SEC series this year. Uh, it sets up a huge top ten matchup for um, for uh, Vanderbilt and Florida this week. If Florida can sweep, they'll take the uh, the lead in the SEC East, and, and I think they'll be only behind Arkansas um, and LSU, depending on what those two teams do um, before they finish the season at Kentucky, but it's a huge weekend for the Gators this week. And I think um, you found some answers at the back end of the bullpen. That's going to be a tight rotation of four guys with Ryan Slater, uh, Brandon Neely, um, and uh, Philip Abner um, at, at the back end of the bullpen. So yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. I, whenever, whenever the baseball schedule comes out, you kind of look for when Florida and Vanderbilt play. So this is going to be a big weekend. Um, and the last home weekend. So we'll get senior day. I literally just realized that we'll get senior day this weekend. Had no idea. Awesome stuff there, Nick. Uh, we will look forward to senior day. This season, this season flew by. Yeah. Christ. Fired Um, Sully three or four times. Annually. (laughs) Yeah. Monthly. Once, once a month, annually. (laughs) Got to get him on the show before he's fired. (laughs) I uh, do want to give a quick shout out before we head out. I think I have song of the week this week. That's kind of fun. I just thought about that. I want to give a congratulations to the women's lacrosse program that won the 2023 American athletic conference uh, tournament. Uh, that is, I believe, uh, I think that's their ninth time winning. So congratulations to them. Uh, they have now extended their streak to 12 consecutive NCAA tournaments, and they will be the number six overall seed where they'll face Jacksonville University. I'm sure they're 
fan base and uh, and student athletes are going to enjoy being able to get out of the city at 4 p.m. <laughs> on Friday at Donald R. Disney Stadium, uh, where if you catch that game, you can also watch the Notre Dame-Mercer game right after, and the winner of those two games will face off Sunday in Gainesville, Florida. Gentlemen, any final thoughts? Uh, I know there's some questions about O-line recruits. I think some things are starting to get a little clearer over the next few weeks. I know Florida is uh, looking and visiting a number of prospects right now, both those names that you've heard of and those that you maybe haven't. Give us a couple weeks. Let the dust settle a little bit on where things are at. Um, I think Florida, based on some things that I've heard and talking to some folks uh, last Wednesday, Florida feels a little bit more confident than maybe we do on some of these uh, offensive line commits. But I know that that's a big question mark, so we'll try to get some answers for you in the next few weeks. If you're still listening, we appreciate uh, everybody that still is. Please hit that like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Please throw a comment in there. Um, I'm out here in Denver for a country music show on Tuesday, uh, Shane Smith and the saints. It's our first time ever playing red rock. So I had to come out here. Uh, as you boys know, I fly back on Wednesday in two weeks to the day. I'm flying back out here for another show. So, uh, we're going to play Shane Smith. They have a song called fire in the ocean. Uh, that's a banger. Uh, silk, make sure you listen to it and we'll, uh, see you guys at the same corner and same time next week. All righty.
stars I can dream my way back to your arms 